Numbers chapter 13. I was thinking about, you know, I ought to do like a few folks have done me and talk about the fact I just found out this afternoon I was preaching tonight. (laughs) But I won't do that. (laughs) Numbers 13, I, I really do, in fact, I felt like this would be my direction for next Sunday night, but immediately when I've got word that I'd be ministering tonight, the Lord willing, I felt to God's direction for this tonight. Numbers 13, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Then if you skip down to verse number 17, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Father, thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you, God, for the way you've already ministered and worked. Thank you for the freedom and the liberty that we have seen tonight, the freedom of ministry that has taken place. Thank you, God. Thank you for the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in this place tonight, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would continue to work in this service, that you would minister tonight through your word. I pray again tonight, God, that this would not simply be a sermon, but that you would allow me to be a conduit, to be a messenger, to deliver a word from you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I, I don't want to give you my title yet because it's, it's really it's a good title, but I want to lay a little foundation before we get there. Something that is very interesting is, again, in the first couple of verses here, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses. And told him to send spies and told him to pick a man out of every tribe. So there were 12 tribes and so there were 12 spies. Again, notice verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses. The reason that I tell you to notice that is because I want to read to you From Deuteronomy chapter 1, 
in verse 19, and I want you to notice what is said here. Now, it is my understanding. I haven't been to seminary. I, I, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a theologian. I am a student of the Word of God. It is, but it is my understanding that the first several books of the Bible are, in essence, in chronological order. So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Joe. Some of you are like, what's that? That's what we used to do when we didn't have an app. And we had to know the order of the Bible. <laughs> so watch this. One more time, Numbers 13 and 1 says, The Lord spake to Moses. But now watch what Moses says. This is Moses communicating to the children of Israel. In verse number 19, it says this, And when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, Ye are come, again, Moses is speaking, Ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Up to this point, we're doing really good. Because Moses has heard what God has told him, what God has promised the children of Israel, and he is now telling the children of Israel. He, he said, let's go. God has set the land before us. Go up and possess it. Wasn't a question. It was a statement. It was direction that he was given. But watch this. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, Will we send men before us? And they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased who? Who's me? And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went up into the mountain and came unto the valley of a shoal and searching it out, and searched it out. Now Numbers 13 says the Lord instructed Moses to send a spy from every tribe. But here, Moses says, 
you people came to me and suggested this, and I thought it was a good idea. So the question to me is, is there a contradiction in the Word of God? Is one of these true and the other one a lie? Of course not. But there's a big difference between the Lord saying and the people saying and Moses thinking what the people said was a good idea. Now I just told you I'm a student, I'm not a theologian. But here's my take on that. God, I believe, did speak to Moses. But it wasn't because he was endorsing what Moses wanted to do. He understood what was to come and understood this is going to be a part of the process of what I need to do. You might want to be careful when you get God to put a stamp of approval on your plan. Because if God puts a stamp of approval on your plan, rather than on His plan, it may be because He's setting you up for something that's not going to be real pretty. I'm trying not to think about there's some big shoes that were supposed to be here tonight. You better be careful when you seek your way first and then ask God to approve of your way. God, this is what I want to do, so I want you to bless it. Sometimes he's merciful enough to say, that's not the best way, and try to get our attention. But then there's other times he may very well say, that he may not say, he may just think, (laughs) That's not my way, that's not my plan, but if that's the way you want to do it, I'm going to step back and let you do it, because ultimately I'm working everything for my good. And so even if sending 12 spies into the land was not originally my idea, I'm going to direct you to do it, because in the end it's going to work according to what I wanted to do. And so Moses says it was his idea, but the Scripture says it was the Lord's idea. But I want you to notice this as well, verse number 2. So the Lord speaks to Moses, and he says this, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. Now, there's a comma there, not a period, but with regards to God's instruction to Moses, that was the end of the instructions. Moses, take a man from every tribe and let him go. Search the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel. 
And again, the only thing God told Moses to do was tell them, go search the land that I've already given you because God calls those things that are not as though they were. We already read them, but let's read it again. Verse number 17 of Numbers 13. And Moses sent them to spy out the land. If Moses would have stopped right there, he'd have been okay. But he doesn't stop right there. He says, get you up this wayward and go up into the land and see the land. Still pretty much okay. But watch this. The people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, what cities they be. The, not necessarily anything wrong with those parts, but there's a big problem with verse number 18. God told Moses, send the spies to spy out the land. Let them give you a report of the land. Moses says, tell me about the people there. Tell me whether they're strong or weak, few or many. All God said was, I need you to go check out the land. Because you don't need to worry about the people. Because I've already given you the land. So whether they're strong or weak, few or many, it doesn't matter. I've given you the land. Just go check out the land. But the main thing they got stuck in their minds was that. Because they went and searched out the land. But watch this. Verse 25 of Numbers 13. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us and surely... It floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. We've, we've brought back what can be found there. They brought, I think there's a place, this is not one of those things we've interpolated. I think it's in there. It took a couple of them to carry. The cluster of grapes was so big. It took a couple of them to carry the cluster of grapes. And so they say, it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And here's the fruit that's there. That's all God said, go check out. That was all they were supposed to be looking at. But Moses said, tell me about the people. And so guess what they do? Never 
the less. Everything God said would be there is there. However, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. I kind of hear Caleb doing like a little James Cleveland. Most of y'all have no idea. Moses or Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And there's my title. We are well able. We are well able. Caleb said, we're not just able at some point. We're well able. Let's go and get it right now. It doesn't matter if it's giants. It doesn't matter how many, how strong, how it doesn't matter. God said it's ours. Everything God said would be there is there. So let's go and possess the land because we are well able. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. How do they know the land in 40 days eats up everybody? Because if they come back talking about how big and great they are, somebody didn't get eaten up. You got to be careful when you get focused in on the negative. Because when you start looking at all the negative, all you're going to find is more negative. When you get your magnifying, we, we were at, I, I really, I, 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 I use glasses to read pretty much all the time. For some reason, I've not gotten into the habit of taking my glasses into a restaurant yet where they have point two si- or two-point font. And we were, we were eating one day with the Sheltons and when we were in Arkansas a couple weekends ago, and um, I don't think I'm the only one that does this, but when I don't have my glasses, the best option is to turn the light on my phone on so that I can try to see a little bit better. And I was sitting there doing that, and our server walked up and handed me a magnifying glass. (laughs) I've never had that happen before, but I was very appreciative of it. 
the more you focus in. There's a few of you here tonight, you're so overwhelmed with what's going on in your life. You've gotten so locked in on the giants. You've gotten so locked in on the challenges that you've forgotten. Greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. That you and I have been called to be more than conquerors. That we are overcomers. There may be some obstacles in my way, but I'm an overcomer. And somehow I'm going to come over what's in my way. Because thanks be unto God which Give it us the victory. They're of great stature. My wife just made my day today. She didn't, it wasn't planned, it was, but she just made my day. She was in the kitchen, I was in the chair in the family room, and she said, I can you come here for a second? I need your height. <laughs> 49 plus years old. I don't think I've ever heard those words in my entire life. Some of y'all stay away from me after church because you'll bust my bubble. (laughs) They are of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak. Now watch this. We saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. It's kind of redundant, isn't it? We saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. Now, now, now listen to the rest of this verse. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. And because we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, we know that they saw us as grasshoppers. We, in our own eyes, what are you tonight in your own eyes? What are you tonight in your own eyes? Are you a man hiding behind the wine press out of intimidation? Or are you listening to the voice of the Spirit in your life that says, Oh, you mighty man or woman of valor. Because in every single one of us, God can look beyond the out, the external facade that there is and see what's on the inside. And I declare in the Holy Ghost tonight that God looks through this sanctuary and looks at men and women of valor, no matter how you see yourself. God obviously did not see them as grasshoppers if he said, I'm going to take you into the land and I'm going to give you the land. We're grasshoppers in our own eyes and therefore we know. (laughs) Some folks 
I don't think they mean it intentionally, but I, I've heard folks pronounce it. We are Pentecostals. And that's the attitude I think about some, where we're just a bunch of poor penny costals. Are you kidding me? We are children of the promise. We are heirs and joint heirs. And don't let anybody and don't let yourself stick you off into some corner somewhere that we're grasshoppers. We're, we're just a handful of people that have gathered together on a Sunday night and look at the rest of the world that's so big, bad, and intimidating. Are you kidding me? We've got some promises that I has not seen come to pass yet. We've got things that God has promised in his word. We've got things that God has promised to us that have not been done yet. We are not grasshoppers. We are in their sight grasshoppers. But we find out 40 years later that was a lie from the pits of hell. Because 40 years later when the spies went in, To spy out Jericho, Rahab the harlot says, We heard about you 40 years ago, and our hearts did melt within us because we knew that God had already given you this land. They spent 40 years seeing themselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of the enemy when the enemy saw themselves as grasshoppers and the children of God as the giants. Numbers 14, verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun. And again, very important biblical note if you're not aware, Joshua was the first orphan mentioned in the Bible. It says he was the son of Nun, so. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, not, not like dollar rent-a-car, tore their clothes, and spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. This is Joshua and Caleb's appeal. Watch this. Watch this. All the congregation wanted to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Can you imagine? They wanted to kill the two guys who were trying to stand up for what God had said. 
They were trying, they wanted to kill the two guys that were saying, hey, we can do this. God has promised this. God has said it for us. God said he's going to give it to us. And they wanted to stone them. They wanted to silence their voice. Oh, God, I don't know about you, but I don't want to ever be in the category of people that's trying to silence the voices of faith and the voices of confidence and trust in God. And if you don't have the same faith, then the best thing to do is just simply keep your mouth shut. But don't speak against it. If you can't believe it, at least just keep your mouth shut and don't speak against it. There's a story where that happened. Elijah or Elisha, I get them mixed up all the time, but they were in famine. And the man of God said to the king, tomorrow, tomorrow, there's going to be food sold. And a man on whose hand the king leaned, uh, an advisor of the king, spoke up and said, not going to happen. Things are in too bad of a condition. Things have, things have deteriorate, deteriorated so badly. I, I think it was the, the Syrians that had encamped around them. Things had gotten so bad. And he says, there's no way. And the prophet responded. And says, it's going to happen. But here's the problem. You're going to see it, but you're not going to partake of it. And not only was there food the next day, and not only did that man see it, but he was trampled in the process and lost his life. There's coming a day, and I believe it's sooner rather than later, that what we did on Easter Sunday is not going to be the exception. It's going to be the norm. That there's going to be a couple of Sunday morning services to be able to get everybody in the sanctuary that wants to be in here. If you're sitting there and you look at the empty seats and you think that's ridiculous, do you and me a favor. Just keep your mouth shut because there's a chance if you'll just keep your mouth shut that when it happens you can change your mind and get to be a part of it because we are well able we're not just a bunch of leftovers in 2021 we're not just a bunch of has-beens that God's got nothing to do with us and we're just hanging on but they without us are not made perfect hallelujah
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is a shift that is going on in the spirit in this congregation. There is a shift that is going on in this congregation. And you and I are well able, not because of our natural ability, not because of our natural talent, but because God has chosen us and God has equipped us and we have been called for such a time as this we are well able we are well able we are well able we are well able stock market may be crashing we are well able the Equality Act may pass. We are well able. The government may try to silence the church. We are well able because we've got some promises. And I don't know about your God, but my God cannot lie. My God is absolutely reliable and true to his word. Hallelujah. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'm going to see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. If 40-something years ago, Bishop could have stood out in the median of Ritchie Highway and looked at 33 acres of land that was all woods and they were barely paying a couple of hundred dollars a month to rent a building and God says buy it and God gave the provision to buy it, I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe it's time for some new stories. I believe it's time for some new testimonies. Thank God for every testimony in the history of this church. Thank God for every testimony that you've got tonight. But God's not finished with doing exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works where? In us, somebody say, that's me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So watch this. God, according to numbers, told Moses... In accordance with what the people requested to send spies. And God told him to pick one from every tribe. But now, 40 years later, the children of Israel are back to the Jordan. Back to the promised land. And now Joshua, who is now leading the people of God, 
in Joshua chapter 2 and verse number 1. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly. I'm pretty sure when Moses picked a spy from each tribe, everybody got wind of what was going on. Because some people can't, just can't help but back brag when they get called on to do something. I guarantee you some of them fellas, if nothing else, went back home and said, guess what? I got picked to be a spy. I'm pretty certain word spread throughout Israel. Spies are going to check out the land. But Joshua does it secretly. Saying, now watch, watch. Joshua says to the two spies, the only thing that God told Moses to say to the twelve. Go view the land. Even Jericho. Go view the land. Go view the land. I don't care how many people there are. I don't care if they're strong or weak. I just want you two guys without telling anybody else to go view the land. And they went and came in to a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now watch this. Do you think there was any coincidence in the fact that Joshua chose two spies? You know, God is a God of patterns. It would have stood to reason that Joshua, when he was about to send spies into the promised land, would have thought back to what Moses did. And it would have, it would have been logical for him to say, well, Moses sent 12 spies, so I guess I ought to send 12 spies. However, I think what Joshua did was Moses sent 12 spies, 10 spies, said we can't, two said we can, I'm going to send two. Maybe part of the fact that you reap what you sow. Maybe Joshua was thinking, I was a part of the two that said, we are well able. Let's go do it. So maybe if I just sin too, I'll reap what I sow. Well, guess what? The two men, verse 23, returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all the things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua... 
same place the other spies had spied out. The Lord, not will. Oh, help me, Jesus. Not the Lord will give us the land, but the Lord has already delivered into our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. That's the report that they should have gotten 40 years earlier. But somebody was too busy looking at the circumstances. Somebody was too caught up looking at the problems rather than looking at the promise. Oh God, let there be a spirit of the two spies that would come on this congregation tonight that rather than looking at the obstacles in 2021 rather than looking at green ribbons and elastic straps and masks and blocked off chairs rather than looking at those things rather than looking at economic turmoil rather than looking at political turmoil rather than looking at racial turmoil we would say we are well able and God has already given us the land. You know what? I, I've never been one of those just positive, uplifting, fluffy preachers. I don't want to get the fluffy part. But I got to tell you, there is a part of me that's tired of living in the mully grubs. Jeremiah, I don't remember the verse. I preached this message when we were traveling around years ago. I preached it a bunch of times. But Jeremiah said he was a prisoner of hope. You know what? If you're going to be a prisoner of something, rather than being a prisoner of your depression, rather than being a prisoner of the disappointments of your past, Rather than being a prisoner of your broken dreams, broken relationships, why don't you decide to become a prisoner of hope? Because if I am a prisoner of hope, I become like what I am a prisoner of. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it. I had someone several years ago quote the line of that song to me in disdain. I just don't know why we have to sing that. I don't know about you, but I'd rather not live without singing that. Because there's a whole lot of times what I see with these eyes is not very encouraging. It's not very exciting. It is challenging. And so therefore I choose to believe. I may not be able to see it with these eyes. I was going to read it in a moment, but I'll read it right now. Second Corinthians 5 and 7, most of you can quote it. We walk by and not by. That's what we should do. But How many of us tonight could say we truly live that way? I believe there's a few here tonight that 
maybe pretty much all the time you do. But I would say the majority of us, notice I didn't say you, the majority of us live sometimes walking by faith and not by sight. But then we spend a good amount of time walking by sight and not by faith. But Paul says we are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Because even when I don't see it, he is working. And even if I don't feel it, he's working. God's working or not working is not based on what I see and what I feel. But God is working and I believe that he is working. Because that's who he is and that's what he does. And he's got promises that he knows. If he does not fulfill those promises... He is disqualified as God. Listen to what Deuteronomy 139 says. This is back in this process of them going into the promised land. They've now chosen to believe what the ten say rather than what the two say. Moreover, Your little ones, which you said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil. Your children that you thought if you went into that land of giants would all be swallowed up. And your children that had no choice did not have the ability yet to choose. I got news for all of you that have chosen to believe what the ten say. They will go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. You thought it wouldn't happen. You thought it couldn't happen. You were afraid of what it might do. And so the very ones you say you were worried about are the very ones I'm going to give it to. There are some people that are still around in this church, not just this congregation, but this church that have been here for decades that still believe the promises of God just as strong today as they did in the 70s. But there are some others that had doubt and unbelief and have walked away well I've come to declare to you tonight there may have been a majority that said we can't do it there's no way but you and I are here tonight as a part of the fulfillment because God cannot lie I, I, we, we, most of you know two weekends ago Angie and I were out of town in Arkansas, Brother Tim Sullivan's church building dedication. What a wonderful weekend, great time, great service for the dedication, and just a wonderful weekend. And that that Friday night, that church is like 100 plus years old. Not the church they dedicated, the congregation. And... uh, I think Brother Sullivan, who's the pastor now, is like the fourth or the fifth pastor. And the pastor that was the previous pastor before Brother Sullivan, who was also the Arkansas District uh, Superintendent for years, was in that service, and he made some remarks, and he made this statement. I, 
I hope one day the Lord will let me preach a whole message based off of this statement. But as I was preparing for tonight, he just brought it back to me and I felt to share it here this evening. He, he said, the burdens of yesterday are being fulfilled today. The burdens of yesterday are being fulfilled today. The burdens that some of you bore here in the 70s and 80s, God is for This isn't all there is. Brother Gleason's was it Thursday night, I think, when he said it? He heard a preacher say that we're today we are blowing away the book of Acts. If we are blowing away the book of Acts, that is really pathetic. If this is blowing away the book of Acts, the book of Acts, they said, these are those that have turned the world upside down. The book of Acts, they said, they have filled our, our city with their... We haven't filled this area with our doctrine. You know, it, it, we got this thing... There are a few, there's a very few people out there that know about us and think we're crazy. Out of 500,000 plus people just in Antioch, or just in Anne Arundel County, the great majority of them have no clue about us. Let's get over this attitude that we are poor Pentecostals. Not blowing away the book of Acts. That's what we ought to be expecting because the Scripture promises that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former, that the latter rain is going to be a combination of the former rain and the latter rain. So we should have good expectations for what's coming. But if this is that, I am sorely disappointed. God is in the process. And you and I are well, well, well able. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Similar really to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Paul says, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If you're discouraged tonight, then you're looking at the temporal. If you're depressed tonight, you're looking at the temporal. Prophets surrounded, I think it may have been that same story I referred to a few moments ago. Surrounded by the Syrian army and his servant says to the man of God, we are surrounded. But he prays this prayer. Lord, open his eyes and let him see that those that are for us are greater than those who are against us. Do you see us surrounded tonight by an adversary 
Or do you see us surrounded tonight by those that are greater than the adversary? Are you seeing an army that's our enemy surrounding us? But do you, or do you see a heavenly host that is surrounding us? Ten spies could only see the adversity. Ten spies could only see the adversary. But two of them said, God is not going to do it. But God has already done it. Because if God said he would do it, it is as good as being done. God is not a man that he should lie. Anybody here tonight ever broken a promise? Oh God, forgive all the liars. If you're an adult, you've broken a promise somewhere. If you're a child, you've probably already broken a promise. Mommy, I promise I'll be good. You and I struggle to be promise keepers. Why? Because we don't have the ability to come through on everything we say. Not every broken promise was an intentionally pre-planned thing. Sometimes there were circumstances. Sometimes parents that promised kids they were going to do certain things and things beyond their control interrupted the promise. And so the promise was broken. May have been a legitimate reason why the promise was broken. However, all the child looks at is the broken promise. They don't really care why the promise was broken. But oh, my friend, when the heavenly father makes a promise to his children, he knows every obstacle that may arise. He knows every challenge that may get in the way. And so when he says he's going to do something, he knows everything that's going to stand in the way. But when he says he's going to do it, he is going to do it. He's going to do it. And He's going to do it through us. Because we, we, somebody say, that's me. 90% of you, that was so pathetic and weak. That's me. That's me. Uh-uh. Oh. David said, who is this giant to defy the armies of the living God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You're looking for somebody to go fight him? Well, David said, I'll go. And what they say? They said like the ten spies. You can't go. You can't do this. You don't have what it takes. He said, oh, you have no idea what I have or what I don't have. I believe it's already happening. I'm not prophesying what's going to happen. I'm already watching it happen. There are some Davids in this congregation that have been out tending sheep. There's some Davids that are in this congregation that have just been faithful to be wherever God has placed them. They're not, they haven't been out front where everybody, they haven't been a top 10 draft pick. 
Timothy's not here, but he'd love it if I, he was here. They're not a Tom Brady. Or they are, excuse me. Tom Brady wasn't a top draft pick. He was way down the line. You know what's amazing? There's a lot of top draft picks in sports that are busts. And then there's a bunch of guys that are unexpected, that are somewhere several rounds down. But somebody recognized, you know what? I think they got something. And you know what? There's some people here that it's all we already know God's already using them and God's going to use them. But I'm telling you tonight, again, I'm not just telling you what's coming. I'm telling you as the pastor of this congregation, what I have been witnessing over the last several weeks and months, there's some Davids that have been out in the field with the sheep that God is starting to say, okay, you've been there long enough. You fought some lions and you fought some bears and now it's time for me to position you to where I ultimately called you. There's some Elishas that you think you've been wasting your time just plowing behind a yoke of oxen. You've wondered if God knows where you are. You've wondered if God has seen your faithfulness. You've wondered if God has seen you just faithfully doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight that Elijah is on his way to where you are because God has seen your faithfulness and there is a mantle that's about to fall on you and there's going to be a transformation it's not going to be the oxen it's not going to be the plowing anymore but you're now going to walk in the fulfillment of what God has called you to do if my if my spiritual discernment is at all accurate there's some resistance here and there's a little bit of that resistance that's flesh but that's not the real resistance the real resistance is an enemy that knows if you and I will ever truly make up our minds. We, we, we forget about them. We are well able. The enemy knows if you and I will decide God's already given it. We've just got to go possess it. He knows he cannot stand against what God has ordained. Come on, I think there's something that needs to break in here right now. I need somebody to push with me just a little bit in the Holy Ghost. Come on, we are well able. It doesn't matter what the majority may say. It doesn't matter what the majority may think. God says he's not bound to save by many or by few. He just needs somebody to work with him and say, we are well able. 
Oh God, open our eyes tonight not to see ourselves as grasshoppers and not to presume that we know how the enemy sees us, but open our eyes that we may see ourselves the way that you see us, God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, don't sit there, don't stand there and wonder if God's talking to you tonight. Make up your mind. God, you're talking to me tonight. I don't know who else you're talking to. I don't know who else you may be speaking to, but I declare you're speaking to me tonight that I am well able because you've called me, because you've equipped me, because you have chosen me. My testimony overcomes. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And by the word of my testimony, testimony. He said, I'm a testimony. Testimony. Never gonna be the same. The scripture says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Not talking about just the power of positive thinking, but there's something that happens when you declare it. Somebody declare it tonight. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I've been called. I've been chosen. I've been anointed. And he rescued me. Testimony. He delivered me. Oh, yes. Testimony. And ever since I've been. Oh, I've never. never been the same. I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to be the same. because you've chosen us we are well able because you've called us we are well able because you've equipped us overcome more 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 the joy of the lord is oh i've got dominion i've got dominion walk in authority and i've been washed in the blood i'm kept by his love filled with 
with the Spirit and by His stripes I'm healed. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Yes, Jesus gave me the victory. Overcomer, more, more than, than a conqueror. conqueror. I'm a winner. The joy oh, of the Lord I've got dominion. I've got dominion. Come on, I feel something breaking loose. Come on, I feel something breaking loose. Overcomer, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. The joy of the Lord is my
mistakes, but I'm an overcomer. I may have been knocked down, but I'm an overcomer. I might have fallen, but I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 of you that are praying with someone, ministering to someone, please continue. I don't want to, I don't want you to stop. I don't want this to disrupt you, but to those that aren't specifically praying, I just, I feel led to, to say this. The instructions that God gave them was that they would have to go in and possess the land. Meaning they would, go ha- they would have to go in and there would be some fighting for it. The promise wasn't that every, the promise wasn't that there was going to be a red carpet laid out to welcome them into the fulfillment of what God promised. They had to go in and possess it. And then in another place, and I think if I'm not mistaken, this was to Joshua, I think, he said, I'm going to drive them out little by little. Little by little. You see, we want God to drive all of the enemy out completely be gone and then we'll come in and God is saying I'm going to drive the enemy out little by little as you go in to possess I'm going to give victory over the opposition some of you are waiting for God to roll the red carpet out in front of you for you to start walking on it and believe you've got the victory and God's sitting there waiting on you to start stepping by faith because as you begin to go when those four lepers got up to go to the camp of the enemy God didn't start doing something until they started moving first I tell you 
and tell you what I believe, where I believe we are. This is not going to be something we manufacture, where we something we produce. But I believe God is trying to take this congregation into a new season of reaping. But we're going to have to make up our minds. There may be some opposition. There may be some challenges that we faced before. But if we will make up our minds, we are well able. And we will begin to go to possess what God not is going to give us, but what he has already given us. Then God is going to drive out little by little every adversary that would try to stand in our way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, just another moment. I'm going to let you go in a moment, but just another moment. If you don't know anything else to say right now, then just, just pray in the Holy Ghost for just another moment or two. I, I hope you trust me enough. I, I hope you know me enough. I haven't come tonight just to hype you up. I didn't just try to figure out something I could preach to get you worked up. I believe that the Holy Ghost is speaking to this congregation tonight. We are well able. We, we, we are well able. Ikarama shata yando robo kosaya. Ikayando robo kosanda yarabaka yato robo she. Ilamondo robo koseye ki yaramanda yakoto robo shataya. Ikaramando robo seye. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I, I, I always try to be transparent. I don't know if there's such a thing as being too transparent. I think there is. There's some things everybody don't need to know your stuff. You and, you and Jesus, it's okay for you and Jesus to work it out. I don't think this is, is too much for me to say, and I'm going to say it in hopes of hopefully helping somebody, not discouraging somebody. But i got to be honest with you. For years, I have spent more time looking at the giants than I have focusing on the promises. I've had a lot of conversations with my wife talking about the giants rather than talking about the fact we are well able. And I realize I didn't, definitely didn't have any intention of going here. It's been a while since we've touched on this at all. But I realize, and this seems really crazy, but that almost five years ago, June will be five years, that when Antioch West was formed and Antioch North, which was kind of already Antioch North, but officially became Antioch North, was formed, I realized that there was a sense here of being left behind.
And I don't really feel that anymore. But my point is to say, you and I, from five years ago, weren't here because we were left behind. We weren't here because we weren't good enough to go wherever. But God, 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 individually, individually. You don't have to respond outwardly, whatever, but we know some of you struggled. Some of you, not you're not anymore, but some of you went through a season of really struggling. Why did I get left? Why can't I go? tell you why because God was assembling a group of people who are well able not well able to hang on and endure till Jesus comes but well able to possess what God has promised that he would give us in Jesus' name. I, I've got, I don't do it every day. I think I probably should, but I, I want to challenge you maybe at least for the next couple of days and join with me. I, I try almost on a daily basis at some point to say this, to say this out loud. I am called, chosen, and anointed. Say, well, what does that mean? Well, the first two parts are based on the fact the scripture says many, many are called, but few are chosen. So I am not just called, but I'm chosen. And I and you are uniquely anointed for what God called and chose you for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I wonder if we got any Joshua's or Caleb's here tonight. I know we got one of each. They were running around earlier. But not in birth certificate name, but spiritually speaking. Are you one of those ten spies that unless you cheated, you have no idea the names? I know one of them. It's Sether, S-E-T-H-U-R. And the only reason I know that is because years ago, actually in a chapel session, I preached a, I taught a message or whatever to the kids about the fact that we only know the two spies. Most people here that even know the Bible real well can't name you any of the spies, the ten spies. All we know is the two that said, we are well able. Do I have any Joshua's and Caleb's in this place tonight? Doesn't matter what the majority may say. Doesn't matter what the adversary may say. Doesn't matter what the devil may say. Doesn't matter what our enemies may say. We are well able in Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. still praying keep praying if you need to if you're done whatever you feel to do you're welcome to do that in jesus name